This is not a sermon. This is a conversation. There's no three points. There's no Greek and Hebrew being translated as if I ever do that anyway. I sometimes act like it, that I really don't know what I'm doing. And you just all nod your heads and take notes, but I really don't know what I'm doing. So you're getting bad information whenever I do that. But this is going to be a blessing today. I just want to tell you that. This is going to move you forward in your Christian walk. It will. This is good stuff, the meat that you're going to get today. If you have your Bible, turn to Psalm 50 and turn to Deuteronomy 8. Am I okay right here, Alfonso? Psalm 50 and Deuteronomy 8, those are going to be your first two passages. And I just want to warn you, we're going to get a little bit charismatic. Everybody say charismatic. May not be the normal. But I just want to show you something. Whenever you agree with something I say, and hopefully sometime today, you agree with something that I say, I want you to put your hands together and clap. How many are happy for the cross? Let's just practice that. Happy for the cross. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Good deal. I think you're with me today. That was a good last song, by the way, wasn't it? Did you like that last song? I will build my life. All right. Here it is. We are living in a nutrition filled world. We are more nutritious minded than ever before. I saw you smile, Tina. Keto addict. Hey, we love it. I wish I had the discipline, but it's, it's not going to happen. As you can tell. We are living in a nutrition minded world more than ever before. And that's a good thing. That is a good thing. It, it, I do have some questions about it though. I don't think we know what we're doing. Just telling you. One decade, coffee is bad for you. The next decade, it's good. The next, well, you shouldn't have too much. It's good for you, but you shouldn't have too much. Coffee's okay. okay. Cholesterol. There was a decade where cholesterol was bad. Everybody, I think, I think it was the 80s. Maybe it was the 70s. Cholesterol's bad. Stay, oh, yeah, there's good cholesterol. We discovered there's good cholesterol. I think in the 80s was fat. Everything was reduced fat. Fat's bad. So everybody stay, oh, but now there are some fats. We actually need some fats. It's not about the fats. It's about the calories. So 90s, calories, then sugars, then carbohydrates. Have you went on the carbohydrate kick yet? No carbohydrates. I'm on the carbohydrate kick. Just a different way. I am for carbohydrates and Italian food. We're going to get lost here if we keep going that way. But we are nutrition-minded, and that's good. But I got to tell you what's annoying. Have you ever been around somebody? who's always telling you, do you know what's in that? Isn't that annoying? Now I'm for eating nutritious. Just keep it, just keep it to yourself. Okay. Because when somebody says that to me, I say, I don't know what's in it. I don't want to know what's in it because I'm going to eat it. That's what I do, Ken, right there. I'm eating that cupcake. But here's the deal. I was reading some of this last week and I don't think it was potassium or uh, I'm not sure what it was, but there was, there was a nutrient that, and we're just now discovering this, if you don't get it, and, it, and then the article started talking about all the things that happen to your body when you don't get it. And it, basically your body just shuts down. But I think, I think it was potassium. If you don't get it, your body just shuts down. Who, who'd, who'd have thought? And it started going through all these different things, how your body shuts down, how it gets destroyed. And I'm reading this and we're just, doctors are just now discovering this. And here's, here's what I know. There are some spiritual nutrients. If we don't get them, we will shut down spiritually. We will. And I want to talk about one of those today. One of them is in Psalm 50. 
It talks about it, introduced us in Psalm 50. In Psalm 50, the background is this. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there or your phones. In Psalm 50, the background is there was a time in, uh, in the Old Testament when the Israelites would go up to the temple and they would sacrifice bulls and goats. That's what they would do. Now, there was two times. There was a time when there was a tent, they called the tent of the meeting, and it was mobile, it was portable, and, but, but they were given sacrifice of bulls, goats, and doves. If you were poor, it was doves. And then eventually they built a building, a permanent building, uh, the temple. The plan was given to David, but Solomon, his son, is the one who built it. And they kept giving sacrifices, bulls, goats, doves, if you were poor. And it was in that time. We don't know if it was the tent or the temple, but it was in the time that they were giving sacrifices and doing it religiously, doing it well, doing it habitually. And then this is what it says in Psalm 50 in verse 7. Listen, my people, and I will speak. I will testify against you, Israel. I am God, your God. I bring no charges against you concerning your sacrifices or concerning your burnt offerings, which are ever before I have no need of a bull from your stall or of goats from your pens for every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the insects in the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you for the world is mine and all that is in it. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. Everybody read that together with me. Make thankfulness the sacrifice to God and keep the vows you made to the most high. Then call on me when you are in trouble and I will rescue and you will give me glory. What's God saying? Hey, Israel, I see your sacrifices. Keep giving them. I see what you're doing. You're in church every Sunday. Way to go. I see the ushers ushering. I see the deacons deaking. And there is such a thing. Deacons deak. I see the elders eldering. I see you doing all these things. I see first impressions getting set up. I see Alfonso running the sound booth. I see the cables being set, the music team playing good songs. I see you sitting there taking communion. All that's good. All those sacrifices are good. I, but I just want you to know they don't mean a thing if you're not thankful in your heart. Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. Do you think I need the blood of bulls? I'm God. I own a cattle on a thousand hills. Didn't he say that in there? Do you think I need the blood of goats? Do you think I need the doves? I don't, come on, I'm God. I don't need that. Thank you for doing it. Keep, he said, keep on doing it. But if you don't have thankfulness, it doesn't mean anything to me. Have you ever met a spoiled little child? A whiny, spoiled little child who gets everything they want, but they're not grateful? What happens inwardly to you? You get a little frustrated, don't you? You don't like watching that spoiled, whiny little child act ungrateful to parents who try to provide for them. So much more so we are the children of God and we have a father who has provided everything that we could ever ask for, everything that we've ever needed. And I just gotta say, we can sit here and come to church. We can sing the songs. We can, we can give an offering the plate. But if we're gonna sit here and be whiny and spoiled and ungrateful, it doesn't mean a thing. The title of this message is, if you see it in your bulletin, The First Step. Why do we call it the first step? We're gonna learn something critical to our Christian faith today. And this is good to hear. Thankfulness is the first step. If that's growth toward Christ, 
and that's drifting toward Christ. Thankfulness is your first step toward growth. Now, you may end up being a missionary. You may end up doing whatever way down the line. But your first step toward growing with Christ is gratitude. And your first step toward drifting is ungratefulness. Both ways, it's the first step. Now, it may not, you know, you're, in, you're ungrateful. It may end up with a gross sin or a perverse sin or something totally immoral that makes the front page of the paper 40 years in prison, whatever it may end up with way down there. But we can point it all the way back to where, where did it start? Where did it start? Ungratefulness. Every single time the research shows. Secular research shows that. It's the first step toward growth. It's the first step toward drifting away from the Lord. And so if you're battling something way down there, let's look back and say, am I grateful for what I have? Look at all that God's given me. And the angels are up in heaven saying, don't they see the nail-scarred hands? Aren't they thankful for that? The angels are up in heaven with Jesus right now. They're just looking at Jesus's hands and thinking, don't they know what has been given to them? And by the way, let's just be honest on a physical point. Us as Americans, we've been given more than anybody's ever been given in the history of the world. Amen. Now, I know, there's, I know our country's not perfect. I, I, yeah, we can go down that path. But man, we are blessed beyond measure. We, whenever you open your refrigerator, what's in there? Just the fact we have refrigerators. Just the fact that we have food in there. Let's go to another passage, Deuteronomy 8. I want to introduce this passage to you first. This is Moses, and God has taken the Israelites uh, to the promised land. They go 40 years in the desert. He leads them out of Egypt. They're 40 years in the desert. They're complaining the whole time, by the way. And then he's about to take them into the promised land. And this is what God says to them in Deuteronomy chapter 8. He says, hey, just so you know, you're going to get there, and you're going to see a land flowing with milk and honey. Would you ever wonder what that meant, milk and honey? It it doesn't mean they saw a bunch of milk and it doesn't mean they saw a bunch of honey. It means they saw land that was perfect for grazing cattle, which is going to produce a lot of milk. And they saw land that is great for vegetation and plants, which is going to be great for bees, which produce a lot of honey. It's great for farming. It's great for cattle farming as well. A land full of rich with milk and honey. And whenever you get there, just, just so you know, You're going to build your houses. You're going to sit down for dinner. You're going to have your dining room table. You're going to have Chip and Joanna fix up your house. It's it's going to be amazing. Life is going to be perfect with your shiplap. And you're going to look out your window, and there's going to be a garden there, and there's going to be cattle grazing. There's going to be flowers. There's going to be vegetation. There's going to be green beans and tomatoes and all that stuff. And you're going to be tempted when you're sitting around your table to stick out your chest and say, look at what I did. Whoa. And he says, in that moment, drop down to your knees and thank the living God for giving you all that you've had. It's a critical moment for you, Israel. If you get there and think it was by my strength and my hand, that's a path you don't want to go down. That leads to, and then you fill in the blank, all the things that we see in the paper and the news. But if you start, it's the first step. If you start, and by the way, there's a Chinese proverb that says the longest journey begins with the first step. If you go to Galveston today, I know some people are going to Galveston today. Saunders. If you want to ride, ask them. 
You didn't know that was coming, did you? Yeah, right. All right. If you're going to Galveston today, do you know how you get there? It all starts with your first step. You don't get anywhere without the first step. You don't get anywhere without this truth today. Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. Look at the passage, Deuteronomy chapter 8. It says this, The Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig newtons, pomegranates. It's a modern translation. Olive oil and honey nut Cheerios. A land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. By the way, this is a different sermon. We're not going to talk about it. But notice God didn't put the copper on top of the hills. He put it in the hills, and we are to dig for the copper. It's a different principle, different sermon for a different Sunday. Copper out of the hills, when you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. If your focus is on things, rather than the God who provides the things, you will be unstable. You'll be emotionally unstable. You'll be relationally unstable. You're gonna go through roller coasters because your gratefulness is about the things. And by the way, things are fickle. Things come and go. Your riches come and go. Your reputation comes and go. Your success comes and goes. It's not sure. But if you put your thankfulness to the living God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, your thankfulness will always be steady and you will become a steady, stable person. But if you put your thanks in things, well, well, that's in and out. Think back. Do you remember when you had less than what you have today? Do you remember that? Hmm? You had very little and you were just trying to get by, but you were leaning on the Lord. Here's a, here's a big principle. Gratitude is not about accumulation. Gratitude is about appreciation. Well, if I had more, I'd be more grateful. No, you wouldn't. You have more than anybody else in the world. Gratitude is not about accumulation. It is about appreciation. Okay, okay. That's the first step. It's the first step. But what about, can you show me in the passage where it's the first step toward going away from God? Romans 1, here it is. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor did they do what? Gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And if you end up reading the rest of the chapter, it goes on to talk about all the uh, immoral things that that leads to. And quite frankly, perverse things, if you read the rest of the chapter. Well, how'd it get to that? How'd it get to that way over there? Romans chapter one, verse 21. They wouldn't give thanks to God. It's the first step. And that led to futile thinking and foolish hearts and a dark life. Gratitude has the word attitude in it. Gratitude is an attitude that's always simmering inside of you. See, this is occasional. Preaching is occasional. You get it once a week. Singing is occasional. Maybe you can get on the mute, but it's not 24 hours a day. Giving an offering is occasional. Taking communion is occasional. But gratitude is an attitude 
that can simmer in your heart all week long. Don't you want that? I want to be thankful and live a life of simmering gratitude all the time. C.K. Chesterfield called gratitude the mother of all virtues. Why? Because it's the first step. Either way. So I just want to ask you today to do this. If you own a victim card, cut it up and throw it away. If you have a victim card in your wallet or your purse or at home or in the back pocket that you play every now and then, I'm the victim. You ever met somebody who's always playing the victim card? Life isn't fair. Well, it isn't for anybody in here, just so you know. One of the best lessons my dad ever said, he looked at me and said, but life isn't fair, Nathan, for anybody. Okay. Victim card, throw it out. Whatever happened to you, whatever happened to you does not determine who you are today. Can somebody say amen? There's your opportunity to praise. It doesn't have to determine who you are, who you, how you treat people, how you relate to people, what you do for the Lord Jesus Christ. God has been good to us. Aren't you glad that none of the sins that I have committed are gonna be counted against me? Aren't you glad for that? We're getting there. We're kind of charismatic. It's like a six on a 10. We're getting there. Can you throw away your victim card? Hey, when you open up your refrigerator, there's food. Some of you, all of you today, when you got up this morning and you got dressed, do you know what you looked in? You looked into a closet and you had to make a choice. You had options. Do you know how many people do not have options? And Chelsea has looked at me sometimes and said, you you know you have options, right? Because I'm wearing the same thing all the time. But there are options. I'm just telling you. I'm, okay, the sermon is ungratefulness is deadly. It is deadly. I want to show you three levels of it. The first level comes from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 10. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the. Everybody say for the. For the good land he has given you. Here's the first level of gratitude. For the. For the. For the. Before we eat at home, you know what we do before we eat? You, you, you already know. We say thank you for the. Actually, I don't get to do it anymore, do I? I have three kids who fight over who prays first. We sin during our praying. It's, it's the oddest thing. They get in fights and they hit each other. They're crying. We end up giving spankings by the end of the deal. <laughs> all during prayer time because thank you for the, you know what the prayer was this week? Thank you for the spring break. Thank you, God, that we're going to the beach. And Chelsea and I opened our eyes and looked at each other. We're going to the beach? <laughs> oh, okay. We listen to these prayers. The other two, we can't understand what they're saying yet. Thank you for the, hey, little participation. Thank you for the food that we get to eat. Thank you for the, what else do we have? The home we live in, the central Houston, Texas, bring it on. Thank you for the transportation. We love using oil. Yeah. All right, depends who's in here today. Thank you for the air conditioning, and I think it's on. Just more proof that God loves us. Thank you for the family. Thank you for the your health. That's right. We're, all, we're still breathing. Do you know who gave you your last breath? According to scripture, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the 
bipolar weather. Doesn't matter where you are, my friends. We're going to talk about complaining later, Alfonso. It's later in the message. I like it. He's from South Chicago. He knows bipolar weather. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you for the empty tomb. Thank you that I get to wake up today and I know I'm going to have a meal. I will have a meal today. Thank you for family. Thank you for this group right here where even if I don't have family, I have family. Thank you for the Bible that I can open it up every single day if I so choose and hear from God. Thank you for prayer. Thank you for I get to talk to the creator of the universe. Nobody can stand in the way. I don't have to go to a priest to do it. I can talk to him through our mediator, the one mediator, his son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the, a for the level. Did you know that some Christians haven't gotten to this level of Christianity yet? They aren't thankful for the. And you know what happens? That's the first step. This is, this is kindergarten Christianity. This is basic level. This is our kids say for the. They know to be grateful for the. But when you don't, your hearts are darkened. You don't think right. You don't see right. You don't even see who God is. Everything is bad. Everybody's bad. My life is bad. It's because you're not thanking God for the. So I want to show you something up on the screen. Here's a chart. This is critical. We all start with the blessing. God has given us all a blessing. Amen. Charismatic church. 6.2. Okay. We all start with the blessing. Now, what you do with that blessing dictates where you end up in your life. You have two options with the blessing. You can either choose to praise or you can choose to have pride and say, I did it. I grew the church. Uh Uh-oh. I provided this amazing family with an amazing house. I'm the one who started that company. Look at me. I wrote the book. I authored the book. I was teacher of the year. That's pride. Humility is praise. Remember Deuteronomy? He says, when you get to Israel and you look out your window and you see you have all this stuff, drop on your knees and thank God. You're going to be tempted to say, it's by my hands and by my power I did it. Your first step, Israel, when you get there, is to praise God. That's your two options, praise or pride. Now, now watch what happens. If you choose praise, depending on if you choose pride, you end up having joy or you end up living with anger. That's what it produces. People who praise God and are thankful and grateful, they're the happiest people you'll ever meet. So hear those kids, they're happy. They're living with joy because they're praising God right now from their blessings. When you praise God, you live a joyful, steady, you can't knock me off my foundation, you can't do anything to me, Satan, give it your best shot. Why? Because I'm living with praise from my blessing, it ends up with joy. People who are so proud of themselves, they are angry. Now you may not think it, you may say, I, I know some prideful people who's pretty happy. No, they're not. It's simmering down inside. And when life goes wrong, what pops out? The anger. When it doesn't go my way, the statement is said. When I say something cutting to my wife, if something ever comes out cutting to my wife, act like nothing's ever come out. You know what, you know where, I, hey, you shouldn't say that. No, actually, I'm just not thanking God for all that I have. If I look around my house and see what I have, I would never say a cutting remark to my wife, ever. 
but I was living out of pride, which it turns into anger. Now, these two things turn into two different, two different angles. If you, if you start with praise and joy, you end up, circular reasoning here, you end up blessing others around you because you're a praised person, you're a joyful person. What do you do? You bless everybody around you. It's just a blessing being around you. You don't even have to give, you don't give anything. It's just, you're a blessing. Every time I'm around you, you say words of encouragement. You thank me for, you know, setting up the chairs or whatever. You're a thankful person. You're a blessing. When you live with anger, what ends up happening to your relationships around you? You harm, you cut, you destroy relationships. But whenever you receive the blessing the way God wants your first step to be received, you end up giving that blessing to others. You become a blessing. I want to be on the left. Amen? Amen? All right. That's good stuff. That's worth coming here today for. Let's close out. Um, we got more. We got more. This is, hey, so just so you know, this is a big deal not only for us. This is a big deal for people around us. That's what this means. It affects the people around us. But honestly, that's baby Christianity. For the is baby Christianity. I don't want to be a Christian who only thanks God when he's serving me, who only thanks God when he's giving me everything I want. I want to be beyond that. I want to go to the next level. Here's the next level, just so you know. Thank you, Moses, for giving us that, but David gives us the next level of gratitude. Do you remember these words? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know it. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He, he, he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When did David write this? Did he write it in a time of for the? No. He wrote it in the valley. He, didn't, he was not getting for those. He wrote it in the darkest time. But the Lord is my shepherd. And then he says this in verse four. Even though, that's our two words, even though. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Even though. That's different than for the. For the is I'm grateful for for the food. I'm grateful for what you have given me. But now it's even though I'm in the valley, even though I'm in the darkness, even though I'm struggling, even though I'm lonely, I am going to praise your name. I am going to be thankful, even though. It's easy to do for the. That's kindergarten. This graduates you from high school. This is an even though faith, even though I lost my job, even though I got the bad report from the doctor, even though the relationships aren't going well, even though I'm lonely, even though I don't have any money to pay my next bills, even though my husband just left me, even though I'm gonna praise your name and I'm going to say it is well, it is well with my soul. When peace Likes a ri- when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever the lot, he has taught me to say, he has taught me to say, whatever my lot, it is well. It is well with my soul. Ah, I like that. Look at verse six. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Sometimes that's not for that. I don't want to sit down with my enemies at a dining room table. I want to sit down with my friends, but sometimes in life, God puts you at a table with your enemies. And when you go, and I'm sitting at the head of the table. And when I go around the table, the the chair right here is, is an enemy. It's my insecurities. That's an enemy. The next chair is my ego and my pride. Enemy. 
The next chair is my sin and my strongholds that I struggle with. There's an enemy. The next chair is those who are just against me. Have you ever had people that are just against you? They're just critical. I have critics. There's another chair. The next chair, maybe it's just Satan himself. Even if I'm sitting at a table with all of my enemies, I'm keeping my eyes forward and I'm going to be grateful. That's what he's saying in there. For the is the place where you can thank God for what you can see. Even though is the place where you can thank God for what you cannot see. Are you just going to thank God for what is obviously evident in front of you? Or are you going to thank God even when his presence is not evident? By the way, that's the biblical definition of faith. When you cannot see it, but you still believe it. This is how you fight spiritual warfare, by the way. When Satan attacks you, you fight him with gratefulness. Or you take the first step and you say, you're right, Satan. God's been bad to me. You're right, Satan. God has kept that one tree away from me. And so I'm going to eat of that one tree, the first sin, moving away from the first step. The Apostle Paul had an even though verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. I don't even like to read this because I don't like it. Be thankful in... Oh, doggone it. (laughs) Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. That's an even though verse. God's will for you may not be to be a preacher. It may not be to be a missionary. It may not be to be a music leader, but God's will for you is to be thankful. It is to be somebody who lives with gratitude. I was talking to a lady about a year ago. Her son was moving to the country of Jordan, just east of Israel, I think east of the Jordan River. Jordan, that would make sense. And she was crying because he was about to leave. The grandkids, his kids are about to leave. They don't know when he's going to be back. He's going to help with the refugees in Jordan and Syria. Missionary work. And she was crying and she said, Nathan, I'm so sad and yet I'm so grateful. By the way, you can be sad and grateful at the same time. Life is hard. You can be sad. But she said, I'm so grateful because my son is serving the Lord. Even in the midst of, I'm not going to get to see my grandkids for the next year or two or three. I'm grateful because he's serving God. Wow. That's an even though gratitude. Question. Out of all the churches that gave Paul the most headaches and the most stress and the most sleepless nights, do you know which church it was? Tough question. Corinth. I think there's a few times he just wanted to pull the plug on Corinth. Hey, I'm glad 14 out of my 15 churches are winning the loss, but this one over here, they can't even take communion right. This one over here, there's things going on in the church of Corinth right now that would make CNN headline news, Fox News headline news. Really, it was if you read the book of 1 Corinthians. I mean, they were crazy in keeping him up at night. I bet he would get bitter against Corinth. Ah, 1 Corinthians 1, 4, look at how he starts the letter. He starts the letter this way, verse 4. I always thank my God for you. Whoa. I don't thank my God for people who do that stuff to me. He's starting the letter. Now, the rest of the letter, he gets in their grill a little bit. (laughs) But he starts it off letting them know. I always thank my God for you. It just stood out to me this week. 
I want to be a thankful person. Not just when I come to church, not just when I sing, not just when I stand in front of you. I want to be a thankful person at home. I want to be a thankful person at work. I want to be thankful in front of my kids. I want to be thankful. I just want to be a thankful person. Now, it's good to have the for the. That's good. There's a lot of Christians who don't have the for the. But we need to move to even though. But there's one more level. And this is a level I have not lived. It's not. And I... I think a few times maybe I've done it, but I don't live it. The first one came from Moses. The second one comes from David. The third one comes from Paul. Philippians chapter 1, verse 17. The former preached Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in change. You ever have people try to stir up trouble in your life? Just stirring it up, stirring the pot. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached and because of. Two words, because of. Because of this, I rejoice. Because of. Paul is in prison writing to a church in Philippi, and there are some fellow brothers in Christ who are cutting his legs out from under him while he's in prison because he can't defend himself. He's in prison. And so they're putting him down in churches so that they start to gain reputation. I'm better than Paul. I can speak better than Paul. I'm better looking than Paul. I can lead better than Paul. I can grow a church better than Paul. And they start cutting down Paul's name outside of Paul's presence while he's in prison. He's in pain. He's in poverty. And yet he still thanked God for his purpose. In the midst of prison, pain, and poverty, he still thanked God for the purpose of what's going to, Christ is still going to be preached. They're cutting me down. They have bad motives, but hey, people are still going to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And if that's what it produces, then I'm thankful. Cut me down all day long. If it produces people in heaven, that's because of, because of. So some of us today, we just need to get to the for the. We've been living in darkness and we just, we're not even thankful for that. Some of us, and by the way, just by being here, you're a thankful for the. You know, this is what you do when you're thankful. You start your week off here or in any church. Then have to be here. That's what you start your week off with. When you take communion, what were you doing? It was for the. When you give an offering, Oh, that's for the, that's saying it was not by my hands that produced this. It was your hands. Thank you. When you sing, what are you doing? Releasing gratitude. See, gratitude is an attitude. It's just inside. Praise exhales gratitude. Oh, that just came. Write that down real quick so I don't forget it. We can put that on Facebook or Twitter. What did I just say? I wanted to repeat it. Um, Praise, yeah, okay, whatever. Let's move on. I don't even remember what I was saying. It comes out. Yeah, that's what it is. Gratitude is an attitude, but praise is when you exhale the attitude of gratitude. I came out better that time. Whoa, (laughs) this is good and fun. Better not. That's pride. Thank you, Doug. (laughs) That's what, thank you. He's always there to just boom. Just when I thought I said something good. Because of. Now catch this. Because of. For the, I can already see it. Even though I can't see it. But I'm going to be grateful anyway. Because of, 
I'm thankful for what it's going to produce someday. I got the cancer. I'm not thankful for the cancer. I'm thankful for what it will produce in somebody else's life by me being a blessing to them. I'm not thankful for me losing my job, but I am thankful for how I'm going to handle this in such a way that it's going to glorify God and people around me are going to see that my faith and trust is really in him. For what this produces, I'm thankful. Church work, there's tough days in church work. I'm not thankful for the tough days, but I am thankful for what it will produce and the harvest that will come because of, because of. I haven't lived that. You ever hear someone say, the Bible says, be thankful for all things. No, it doesn't. It says, be thankful in all things for what it will produce. Two years ago, uh, just transparent. Hey, you know me, I know you. Two years ago, I'm getting hit from every angle. I was just, every side. Things that I can't tell you today because I would break down and cry if I told you. Uh, Things that you would say, whoa, who, who would have known? During it, things I couldn't even tell her because it would have knocked her down so far. And we would have been in, I needed somebody to be a mother to my children. Family, eh, so many, the church, so many different things. These words, came, I said on a Saturday night in my office, every Saturday night I'd go to my office, I'd go over my message for Sunday morning. And uh, now my office is my car. That's changed. But in, in my office on Saturday night, I couldn't study. I just started weeping because of how much from every angle. And this came to mind. I just want to share these four words with you. And I wrote it down. I found it about a month ago in a notebook. Pain is a privilege. Pain is a privilege. I don't know. Maybe I read it and I don't know where it came. It just came. Pain is a privilege. If God's allowing you, Nathan, to go through this pain, consider it a privilege because God is going to produce much. Now praise his name. That's because of. I'm not sure I did the because of in the moment, but I wrote down some good words. Pain is a privilege. If God didn't have great plans for you and a great purpose for you and great things that's gonna be produced out of you, he wouldn't allow you to go through the pain or the prison or the poverty because of is the highest level of gratitude. Pain with a purpose. Hey, if you're a for the gratitude, congratulations. You're a kindergartner, you're five. If you're an even though, you graduated high school. If you're a because of, you got a PhD in gratitude. It's trusting the cook in the kitchen. What do I mean? I'll close with this. When Chelsea and I first got married, uh, when she was cooking our first meals, (laughs) I would look over her shoulder and see what she was putting in it. Hey, what are you putting in there? Do you know why I did that? Because I didn't know. (laughs) I didn't try, I didn't, I hadn't had her cooking yet. So I'm watching, so what are you putting in there? Hmm. But then after I ate it, guess what I was? I was grateful. Oh, that was good. I didn't know if she was a good cook or not. She is. 
So I'd eat the food and it was good. And, and I would say, thank you for the, I was for the at that point. Do you know what I am now? I've had thousands of meals from her. I trust the cook. I don't have to look over her shoulder anymore. I don't have to question, I don't, what, what are you putting in there now? I don't do that anymore. Actually, and I, I, I don't say it this way, I still, do I not say thank you for about every meal? Genuinely. But really, even, even last night, I was thankful while she was making it. How could I be thankful while she was making it? Because I trusted the cook. I trusted what it would produce. Do you trust the cook? Do you trust him? Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths this way. Straight. There it is. First step. What did it start with? Trusting the cook. Hey, this is what I want us to do. Music team, come on up. We're going to do something a little bit different today. We're going to praise him. We're going to exhale our gratitude. Everybody on your feet. If you're able to get on your feet, if you're able, get on your feet. And we're going to take 30 seconds and we're just going to praise him for the cross. Praise him for Calvary. Praise him. Shout it out. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for all that he's done. Keep clapping. Keep clapping. Thank you. Holler if you want to. Thank you for all that you've done. It starts with this. This is the first step. It's the fr- Hey, that's nice. This is the first step toward living with Christ. I don't want that side. I want that side. Come on, put your hands together. One more time. Father, you are good. Father, you are good. You have given us all we ever need. You've given us all we've ever asked for. And you are the great God. May we praise your name today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen.